0: This is Senior Talk, presented by Heartfelt Care at Home on KRDO News Radio 105.5 FM, 1240 AM and 92.5 FM. Here is your host, Greg Koopman. Good morning and welcome to Senior Talk, presented by Heartfelt Care at Home, a total care connections family company, right here and only on KRDO News Radio 105.5 FM, 1240 AM, and 92.5 FM. I'm Greg Koopman, your host for Senior Talk, founder of Heartfelt Care at Home, Colorado Springs' most trusted senior in home care provider. Be sure to visit us online today at heartfeltcareathome.com. Joining us in the studio today, our friend and first-time guest here on Senior Talk, we have Paula Levy with Never Alone Consulting. Paula, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Senior Talk.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it's always good to have a first-time guest in because we're able to learn new things and about new organizations and, uh, and new people. And uh, you certainly are not new to the Colorado Springs community and certainly the senior care community. Uh, but for listeners who maybe are not familiar with you, take a few moments, share with our listeners a little bit about your background and really what sparked your passion and kind of led you down the path that got you to, to what you're doing today.
1: Sure. I was very inspired by my grandparents. I grew up with all four of my grandparents in my life, my whole life, until my uh, late 20s. So I always hung out with the older people at family gatherings. Everyone else, all the kids were outside playing, and I just kind of hung out with the grandparents. they didn't
0: make you. You enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. (laughs) I
1: enjoyed it immensely. And That kind of sparked my passion for the older adult. And then when I went to college, changed my major quickly after one chemistry class and (laughs) went into a recreation major and focused on gerontology. Okay. When I had a couple field works I needed to complete, one was with healthy seniors at the Colorado Springs Senior Center, and then one was with the geriatric senior. I went into the nursing home setting, and I really enjoyed the geriatric senior. And I came out of co- college and I got a job as an activities therapist or an activities assistant at that same nursing home. And I just found my calling. They had just set up secure doors at the end of a hallway and called it their Alzheimer's unit. Okay. And they needed someone to go back and try to entertain and, and engage that unit. And I said, I'll go not knowing what i was getting myself into but i never looked back i had found the group of people that i really connected with and really enjoyed being with and that started my career my 30 plus year career in working with people living with dementia and their caregivers
0: yeah, and i'll just i'll, I'll just do a, a sidebar here but how how has alzheimer's dementia care changed over 30 years i imagine as you mentioned you know they they put a secure door and they said okay here you go like, there was so much unknown. I mean, there's still so much unknown, but 30 years ago, I mean.
1: Yeah. So 30 years ago, that was the beginning, was right. a lot of facilities were just doing secured doors at the end of a hallway, and those folks were wandering up and down the hallway with a little room converted into an activity space, a little outdoor space maybe that was secured. A year at, into that job, Penrose St. Francis was building a state-of-the-art Alzheimer's facility. And it was 1990 when Namaste Alzheimer's Center opened. And it was, I believe, the first freestanding Alzheimer's facility west of the Mississippi. 65-bed, again, state-of-the-art people were uh, being admitted from all over the country. And I was fortunate enough to get a job there as their activities therapist. Several of the residents from the facility I was at migrated over to Namaste, and at that time, people started realizing they needed to take a harder look at how care for people living with dementia was being approached. So Namaste was specifically designed, the building itself was specifically designed uh, for higher functioning folks that needed more space in the lower Functioning folks didn't need as much space, so the building was actually designed specifically for the functioning level. And but as far as care, how far, um, how much care has changed for I me? Mean, this individual caregiver at home caregiver.
0: Sure.
1: The care hasn't changed, but the approaches and techniques and the knowledge resources uh, that can be provided and they can learn has changed tremendously for the better. The at-home caregiver, the, the professional caregiver can be so better equipped. And to tools on your tool belt. Absolutely, right? absolutely. And so that's one thing I love, helping families and facilities uh, know and learn those techniques so that they can be better.
0: Well, and that right there is a testament to your knowledge, being a part of such a groundbreaking community uh, that was and I would I would still add is uh, quite well known for their their programming and by programming, I mean, activities and, and approach to care uh, for folks with Alzheimer's and dementia. So fantastic. And a good history lesson here. Uh, I remember growing up here in Colorado Springs in the early uh, 90s. So I, I remember that time well. Um Flash forward to, to now, uh, you have uh, founded uh, Never Alone Consulting. Tell us a little bit about your your journey that led you to this this latest project.
1: Sure. So I left Namaste in the middle of a pregnancy, of a maternity leave. I left late in my maternity leave of our second son, and I didn't go back. We had made a move to Woodland Park to uh, for my husband and he purchased a restaurant and that was the end of Namaste for me, yeah. but I still needed to keep my hand in the Alzheimer's arena. So I had volunteered to do the Alzheimer's support group for the Alzheimer's Association in Teller County, which I still do today. In fact, it meets this afternoon via Zoom I've been doing that for about 23 years that group. Wow. Um, but. After about 4 years of that group and realizing that caregivers could sometimes make it, could not sometimes make it because they didn't have anyone in their in their space or in their area that could care for their loved one while they got away for just an hour of support, it it dawned on me that our community was lacking a place where folks could get respite. Okay just even for an hour. So out of that group grew my idea to start a adult day program where caregivers could get not just an hour of respite, but a full day, half day time for themselves, which is so important in this process. So in 2015, I opened Daybreak, an adult day program, which was a nonprofit. Started from scratch with that. And really uh the community totally embraced it we serve it still serves um, people from park el paso and teller county we have people coming from all over um february of this year i decided to step away from daybreak um for for personal reasons and um again i couldn't just step away and not have my hand in this um arena so you're hooked I Well, I am beyond hooked. I I always tell people it's it's been such a privilege to have my work be my passion and my passion be my work. So I stepped away from daybreak, but I have always, in, in the 30 years I've worked in this, have always consulted families and facilities. And so I thought, why not just move into that consulting space? And that's what I've done it's a little hard for me now because i'm going to try to make some money on this consulting where i gave it away freely for a long time but i think people are are going to be glad for what they receive with my services so i i i've been doing it so i just kind of made it official yeah. llc and and have started with Several clients right off the bat. I have a friend that partners with me for a Dementia 101 course uh, virtually. It's five weeks, 90 minutes a session, and it's pretty much all things dementia. She's in Santa Fe. I'm here. And ironically, when we first met, did it not, didn't realize, but when I looked at some pictures of her on Facebook, it turns out I took care of her mom 30 years ago at Namaste. Wow. So and now we're working together. Yeah, so it's circle. it's pretty crazy. So. Well,
0: and uh, again, you know, your uh, your passion is our community's blessing. I think, and, and that's a good thing to see you uh, continuing this on. And as an entrepreneur and, and, and business founder, um, certainly don't ever feel bad about uh, making a business out of out of a passion. You right. know, and I think that's something that we we internally are are challenged with. Is we love to do it. Sure, we help our friends and family, but. There's value to what sure. we're we're creating here, and uh, it's a much needed service and a much needed value. Uh, so this this coaching, this consulting, uh, who is this for? I mean, you mentioned caregivers. So. Sure.
1: And ideally, it's for the caregiver that's still at home that's still struggling to navigate this, I call it the an arduous, unsolicited journey that they never saw coming. You know, people plan for retirement, they plan for travel, they plan for all sorts of things to, to spend the rest of their lives together happily ever after, and then a disease like this, a diagnosis like this, puts a halt to all of that. Yeah. And this disease is not just the disease for the person, it's a family disease. So helping that caregiver and family members navigate through this journey along with the person uh, is what I love to do. I also can with this platform. I can facilitate uh, facilities, memory care units. I can consult on those units and help uh, an outsider looking in help them see how to rearrange, how to reconfigure, uh, reapproach the way they're doing things. See from the inside. I'm um, from the outside in. I can do facility support groups where staff feel safe and comfortable sharing uh, with an an outsider and to hopefully prevent staff burnout and turnover. Uh, I can um, speak, I can do speaking engagements. I'm getting ready to train police, fire, ambulance, and sheriff up in in Teller County. Do a group uh, emergency medical response training for them because if they don't know how to approach someone with dementia, it goes bad really fast.
0: I am I am so glad that you brought that up, and I'm actually jotting down a, a note here from my uh, my life and local politics. But uh, th- that's a much needed service for our emergency personnel um, because so many aren't trained in it, uh, and and you cannot approach someone with Alzheimer's and dementia the same as you would um, anyone else. And what a valuable tool that I think. Uh, Probably most municipalities and uh, emergency services could probably tap into. Um, You know, you mentioned caregiver. Oftentimes, family caregiver um, could be a loved one, could be a spouse, could be you know an adult child. Um, What I have found and something we've talked about over the years here on Senior Talk, you know, do you find it sometimes folks have a difficult time acknowledging that they are a caregiver and to call themselves a caregiver?
1: I think years. Ago, they did. I think now in this day and age, people wear it on their sleeves. they embrace absolutely, it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got caregivers that are in the sandwich generation. They've got mom or dad living at home under their roof. They also have young kids that they're trying to raise and juggle all their activities while trying to make sure mom or dad are safe and fed. And, and it's hard to leave them alone, you know, when you've got other activities to go to with your children. So they're wearing it on their sleeve because they're looking for help and answers on how to better care for parents while they're raising their kids. So I think caregivers are, are being bold with, with what they've got ahead of them and what they're doing. You know, Rosalind, I like to use, repeat the Rosalind Carter quote. She has a, a huge caregiving institute and her quote, uh, she says, "There are only four kinds of people in this world, those who have been caregivers, those who are currently caregivers, those who will need caregivers, and those who will be caregivers." Wow. So I just love that quote because really that that's everyone. In the world.
0: Yeah. And again, we're talking tools on your tool belt here, uh, as it's almost inevitable that we're going to to be or know or need uh, caregiving. We have Paula Levy with Never Alone Consulting in the studio today. Paula, I want to make sure we get your contact information out a couple times here today. How can our listeners get in touch with you?
1: Okay. My cell number for Colorado area is 719 331 3640. I have a toll-free number where people outside Colorado can reach me. It is 844-933-1456, and my website is neveraloneconsulting.com.
0: Fantastic. Now, Paula, you specialize in, and I would say you're an expert in, uh, with your experience, would probably be hard to uh, to match uh, with Alzheimer's and dementia and, and other cognitive impairments. You know, how prevalent is this in in our aging population?
1: It's huge. It, it is huge. You know, everyone ages, everyone is aging, and there's normal aging, and then there's not normal aging. And everyone who is aging experiences some sort of mild memory impairment, you know, that just comes with normal aging. And then you get into beyond that normal aging experience, and it's just becoming more and more prevalent. And what has been um, noticeable recently is how Early onset yeah. dementia is really on the rise, and it's it just seems to be common. It just seems to be a common occurrence.
0: How does caring for someone with Alzheimer's or dementia, cognitive impairment, how does that differ from just taking care of an aging loved one who, who maybe doesn't have that?
1: Caregiving for someone living with dementia, like I said before, is it's a family. It's a family disease so it not just it's just not the person who has say like cancer or diabetes or just a disease like that this disease affects the whole family because it's robbing the person every day of their capabilities of the, of who they are they they become a shell of who they were sure. and but they look like they should be able to do what they do so not only does that family member it lose their independence and lose their thing, everything about them, but their caregiver, wife, daughter, son is losing their, their independence. Their, you know, some people have to quit their jobs. Some people have to, you know, they lose their social interaction because they can't take them out because he's not going to act appropriately. Sure. Uh, they, there's so much loss and some people often call it a, a, double grief journey because they lose them every day to the disease and then they lose them again at at the end of life so it's it's challenging because it affects it affects the whole family
0: and i imagine there's not a a one-size-fits-all cookie cutter approach to to caring for someone with with alzheimer's dementia
1: no you meet one person with alzheimer's and You meet one person with Alzheimer's. There is no two. And it changes. It does. It changes from morning to afternoon. It changes, can change hour to hour. And there's no two people that have the same characteristics, the same, you know, they just, they're different. Everyone's different. So, you know, I, my training is through um, Positive Approach to Care. Tipa Snow, Snow. who is a world-renowned expert. In fact, I was lucky enough to be on a call last night with her. And I've got three certifications. I have trainer, consultant, and advanced consultant training through her. She's—I um, say, my boys were asking me about what, what is, who is she, and what, why is she? So I said, she is to me what Derek Jeter is to you guys. Yeah. She's, she's a, my, a, 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 she's what my Derek Jeter. a great comparison, because yeah. you're absolutely Absolutely, right. she and my boys are huge, Yankee fans, and that kind of put it into, oh, okay, we get it, Mom. Like, it makes yeah. sense now. Yeah. So Tifa yeah. Snow
0: is the Derek Jeter of Alzheimer's same Absolutely, uh, and I said that to her last night on the phone call,
1: and she was laughing. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I
0: love it. And what, a, uh, what a compliment for her, too. So that's, uh, but I mean, and you're right, and that, that positive approach, I think it's important to highlight, and you know, I I've always learn, you know, you, you join them on their journey, right? Uh, if, if they want to be, you know, if they think that their name is Bill today, th- their name is Bill right. today, and you go along with it. If they think that you're, you know, a friend from 30 years ago and you're really their grandson,
1: go with it. And so many caregivers can't do that. They want to be right, they want to correct, they can't do it. in the biggest part of what I try to Lead with is you know the caregiver has to lead with compassion, not with an agenda. And so many caregivers want that agenda to to lock in. You know, we always take a shower at night. We have to take a shower at night. Well, it, how's that working for you? Not well. Well, how about trying in the morning? No, we always take the shower at night. Well, I'm gonna challenge you to take a shower in the morning.
0: And, <laughs> and, and, and I'll go with that. Right. So. In family members, I see it all the time. You know, in the home care world, is well, you know, Dad has his routine. Dad is always for years showered at night, and it's not working, right? But everybody's so hesitant to, to change that routine or 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 what what their loved one used to be. And I'm using my my air quotations here. Why is that? Is is it is it? Are we holding on to the past? And is it is it a is it a denial thing where we don't want to acknowledge things are different, and we need to do it differently?
1: Absolutely. That's it's. It's like you're losing the one thing that was a constant for for you and your loved one. Uh, holiday traditions are another huge, huge thing that people want to hold on to. But we always had the family here, and there was always 20 people around, you know, the Christmas tree. And it, it, that just, you know, that's just overwhelming to someone living with dementia. And so holiday traditions have to shift, have to shift, maybe have families come visit in waves, you know, First family comes in, you do a little Christmas unwrapping, and then they leave. And the next family comes in with, you know, lunch, and then and you just have to change it up. And people are so—they don't want to change it up. They want it to be like it was. And with the, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, it it can't be. Well, it's not about us. It's, no. not,
0: it's not about what would we want. And it's about again service. It's about serving our loved one mm-hmm. uh, to to meet them where they are. Yep. Uh, because they they don't know. Yep. Speaking to someone who maybe just now realizing or coming to terms, I guess, might be a better reality of of being a caregiver for a loved one or someone with Alzheimer's or dementia or another cognitive impairment, what would you say to them? You know, someone who's just kind of now realizing, wow, this is, this is overwhelming. Mm
1: -hmm. Don't go it alone. You cannot survive this alone. A lot of people try and they get into crisis mode when they think, you know, I'm gonna do this by myself, I'm I'm not gonna ask for help, and then a crisis comes and there's nothing left to do but ask for help from a lot of people around you. I've been doing this long enough to have seen multiple caregivers die taking care of their loved one because they didn't ask for help, they didn't take care of themselves because everything was focused on their loved one. So it takes a village, whether your village is your neighbor the garbage man who can pull your trash to the curb for you, you know, the people at the grocery store, you know, online grocery shopping is huge. Take advantage of it. You know, I have a, actually, I have a caregiver chore list that caregivers can check off what they need done and hand it, you know, know, people say, what can I do for you? And they're so used to saying, you, you're used yeah. to hearing, oh, nothing, nothing now nothing. I've got this list, the caregiver no, can go, here, offers, take, take, your <laughs> take your pick, take your pick, there's it. lots of things to check off, but, you know, rake my leaves, pick up my dry cleaning, you know, come and sit with my person for two hours while I go get my hair cut, um, or go just in the back room and take a nap, you know, there's lots of things that can be helpful that the caregiver's not going to ask for unless you put it on paper, and it's, Solid that they can hand someone.
0: I love it. Yeah. What a great tip. And, and you know, the term caring for the the caregiver in, in our community. Um, El Paso County, Teller County, Park County, kind of these three counties, the Area Agency on Aging. We are so blessed with the resources that we have in this community. Family Caregiver Support Center, Kent Matthews, dear mm-hmm. friend of mine, frequent guest here on the show. <laughs> um, and I know you know him well yep. also, um, but they have the Respite Voucher Program, mm-hmm. right, to, to get you that respite, that break, whether it be at a, a day program or through home care. Mm-hmm. But what an important thing to, to remember and what an important tip uh, if you're – Somebody asks for help, take it or, or offers to help, mm-hmm. take it. Your services, right? Uh, I imagine they're personalized. I mean, you mentioned you, you've got a virtual kind of 101 course, but um, talk about some of the different ways that you, you can help people.
1: Yeah. Well, one that just came up is uh, I've been kind of coaching my uncle who uh, is in Appleton, Wisconsin. My aunt went into a memory care several years ago probably almost four or five years ago now and they live in a campus and he's been really needing a break uh, wanting to take a trip with his brother my other uncle and and he's uh, hesitant to leave because he wants someone to continue with his routine and the regular visits and I said you know what I'll I'll come out while you're gone and visit with her regularly you know but then I Wheel started turning and I called the executive director of where they're at and I'm going to be training their staff while I'm out there so it, it turned into a a helpful thing very supportive for my uncle but I'm also gonna train the staff and he's comforted in that also because he knows of my work and how much I do it I love to offer and and help as much as I can and 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 when an opportunity like that arose, I just it just yeah, popped it into my you mind. It made me happy. It made, you, yeah, it made your but, heart feel good. Yeah, absolutely. So, but with the police and the fire, I mean, I I seek those opportunities out because I know how important it is for community organizations to know how to to work with people living with dementia because it's everywhere. It's and we're
0: everywhere. missing the ball on that. I mean, yeah. that's something that probably should have happened years ago, sure. uh, if not decades ago, yep. and, and it's changing. And, and I, have to have that.
1: I've been called to the bank to help diffuse situations mm-hmm. between someone living with dementia and their son or daughter. I have was called to an alley. Um in Woodland park a couple weeks ago and Paula, she
0: will know what yeah, to do yeah call Paula like this
1: Alzheimer's super nanny you know here come coming oh you know <laughs> but i was there was a man who was wandering had aphasia and couldn't speak and of course the police were you know standing there holding their belt buckles and this man was like i didn't do anything yeah, you know and i'm like back off guys let's 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 work with this man the way he needs you know let's work with him at his level not like what did you do? You know, he felt like he had done something, done something. wrong.
0: Oh my goodness! So. What what a blessing, Paula! You know, we we run out of time really quick here on <laughs> Senior Talk. It always happens. But um, before we we go, what's the biggest takeaway you want to leave with our listeners for today?
1: Well, caregiving—you just can't do it alone. Don't be afraid to ask for help. There's so many resources, like you said, it throughout our communities, Teller uh, Park and El Paso County. Just don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help because there are support groups, there are educational resources. there, there you know, I know Kent and I have a dozen handouts we can share through email. Just just reach out because you, you cannot be alone. On this journey, you just can't, which is why I named my group Never Alone Never Alone.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, Paula, we are about out of time. I'm staring at Dan Wilson with Heartfelt Care at Home. Dan, we need to get Paula back on the show. So that's the <laughs> cue to, to get her back because there's so much more to to talk about. So I would, would love to make this a, at least a semi-regular thing. But uh, Paula, before we go, uh, let's get your contact information out one more time.
1: Sure. My number is 719 331 3640. my toll-free number is eight four four9 933 my website is neveraloneconsulting.com and my email is Paula at
0: fantastic Paula levy never alone consulting thank you so much for taking the time to thank join you. us today thanks for having and uh, we will definitely have you back here in the the near future. Uh, Before we go, I want to remind listeners that you can find out more information about Heartfelt Care at Home online at heartfeltcareathome.com or by giving us a call at 719-362-0094. Again, that's 719-362-0094. Be sure to join us next Sunday and every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here and only on KRDO News Radio 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., 92.5 FM, as well as KRDO com for another edition of senior talk presented by heartfelt care at home a total care connections family company